Today on Locked On A's, Paul Blackburn is struggling. The A's aren't, though, so that's that's fun, right? Let's talk about some fun stuff. And then also the trade deadline, which is just looming over all of our heads. And uh, we got win of the week. And also, I'm going to tell you guys about a play in the minor leagues that you have to hear about. Let's get into it. You are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on A's, stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 429 of the Locked on A's podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's episode, Paul Blackburn just did not have it on Sunday, so no sweep for the A's, but uh, the trade headline's coming, so let's talk about that too, and just see who I think the A's are could have on the block who who's going to be in these discussions for other teams who could be on other teams basically in the next uh week or so uh also i'm predicting win of the week i'm over two so far but uh maybe this is the week i think I, I got a good feeling about this week it's going to happen for me and then finally uh brett harris made a fantastic catch in midland i'm going to tell you guys all about that but before i get into anything today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Uh, Make that moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. And also thank you guys so much for making Locked On as your first listen of the day. Free and available all platforms. That's all you guys need to know. I missed words in there on purpose. That is branding, my friends. Uh, also part of branding is follow us on social media. Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm by Jason B on Twitter. If you guys have any questions that you would like to hear answered on air, all you got to do is join our Twitter community and uh, you know just say, hey, I got a question. Could you answer this on the show? And I will say yes. And then I will answer it on the show. Or, you know, maybe I'll just DM you. I don't know. Whatever. However it works. It's locked on A's Twitter community. We have a good time over there, but let's get into the episode for you guys. Uh, Paul Blackburn just did not have his good stuff on Sunday. The Rangers tagged him for 10 earned runs in four and a third innings pitched. That's not a good stat line. That's that's old Paul Blackburn. That, we, we are all-star Paul Blackburn now. This is not acceptable. <laughs> I, I do have higher standards for Paul Blackburn now, and this is not it. Uh, he allowed 10 runs in all of May. I'm not necessarily expecting that either, but I'm not expecting 10 runs in four and a third innings pitched against the Rangers. The Rangers are good sometimes. I think that they're cheating. They're definitely cheating. And I'm only half kidding. (laughs) Take that, Bryce Patrick, host of Locked On Rangers. And the weird thing is he started off fine this month. He had six and a third shutout innings against the Mariners. He's pitched well against the Mariners. Uh, In his last three games, he has given up six, five, and ten runs to the Astros, and then twice to the Rangers, um, and that is in 14 and a third innings pitch total. So that's not good. That's 21 runs in 14 and a third innings pitch. Granted, a lot of those came on Sunday, but that's not a good stat line. So uh, the way that I'm seeing it is either Paul Blackburn has lost his magic. He 
didn't go to the gypsy for like a full season. He just like, get me to the all-star game. And then they're like, okay. And then you get to ride a jet. And he's like, sounds great. And then, uh, then the magic wore off, but it started before that. Anyways, <laughs> this is what you do when you start just talking on the cuff, off the cuff there. And you're like, ah, yeah, there's a gypsy involved. And they got to say, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, so I don't think that he's lost his magic yet uh, because he did get essentially four of the National League's all-stars. One of them was Albert Pujols, so take that with a grain of salt. Um, he, he got four guys out, essentially. One of them was an error, you know, bad play by Jose Ramirez at third base. But he got four all-star caliber players out earlier this week. Uh, or you know, that's that's one option is he's lost the magic or is he tipping his pitches somehow and the Astros and the Rangers have figured it out and uh, nobody else has quite yet um, you know maybe maybe we'll see I, I think that his that the deciding factor on whether or not he's tipping pitches or has lost it or whatever is going to be uh, his start on I believe Saturday it's going to be against the White Sox because if uh, if he shuts them down it's a divisional thing it's They've seen him a couple times. They kind of know what he's about now. They've adjusted to the new Paul Blackburn, and he hasn't made his adjustments to them just yet. He hasn't figured out what's working against those guys in in return. Uh, that that could be it. Or he's tipping his pitches, and they figure that out because they see him all the time. Or you know they've seen him pitch. They get more film on guys that are in the division, and so they know what Paul Blackburn usually does and what he's been doing. And uh, I don't know if he's tipping his pitches, but it would kind of make sense for you know, 10 runs in four and a third innings that they, they had some sort of insight there. So they weren't cheating necessarily, but I could see it happening. But even with the loss on Sunday, the A's are still playing better ball overall. They split the doubleheader with the Tigers uh, out of the break. Then they took two out of three from the Rangers over the weekend. And before the break, they took two out of three from the Houston Astros. So uh, that's a five and three stretch. They're playing excellent baseball over an eight game stretch. Uh, st start you know, booking plans for October at the Coliseum because they're going to be there, obviously. <laughs> uh, I, I do like it when the A's are just in games more. And I know that, like, Sunday wasn't a great game. They lost 11-8. to eight. Uh, But they did hit back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back home runs for the first time since uh, the Frank Thomas days. Milton Bradley was part of that. Eric Chavez. Uh, those are the three guys that went back-to-back-to-back. -to -back -to -back. And uh, remember Milton Bradley? So, hey, you got to remember some guys today. And that's kind of the fun of when the A's are bad, they still make you do things that make you feel nostalgic, and uh, that was a good season for the A's. So, yeah. Uh, but that all said, the trade deadline is right around the corner, just about a week away. Frankie Montas is supposed to start on Tuesday against the Astros at home. So you, you have to think that as long as everything's okay with him medically, that is his last start for the green and gold. That is his last start with the A's. He might get traded today uh, you know probably as you're listening to this on monday um that, that could happen he might have already made his last start but i would assume as i said uh, at the end of last week that teams want to see one more start out of him make sure that his medicals are doing okay because he only pitched three innings in his his return start so make sure he can go a little bit deeper and then start really anteing up a little bit more like the A's would like people to do because, uh, you know, he's a pretty good pitcher and they should probably get full value for a pretty good pitcher or just sit on him. One of the two. Uh, the other guy or well, another guy that is potentially being traded is Sean Murphy, uh, but it's not a guarantee from my perspective. I know Shea Lingaliers is seemingly ready in AAA right now uh, in Las Vegas after winning the, the Futures game MVP. So the A's are good on 
his replacement and all that stuff, but it's just a matter of if they feel they're getting the right return package that will determine whether or not Sean Murphy gets moved. They're not going to just rush things along because they need to move him so the Chang Liger is going to have a spot. That's not the case. They're going to they're gonna wait until they get the right package. That's the right way to do it, I think. And there's no real reason to rush trading Sean Murphy because after this season, he still has three years of team control left. Obviously, they're all uh, arbitration seasons, so you think that the A's don't want to pay the arbitration salaries, but still, you know, uh, they, they got three years to make this trade happen or, you know, one more year until he actually starts making real, real money as opposed to like the two or three million that he'll make next year. But uh, so they're not really rushing into just pushing him out of the door. Uh, they, they do have plenty of catchers now, though. So time is sort of of the essence because you do want to develop Shea Lingoliers a little bit and you want to start, you know, moving the, the guys up a little bit more, see who uh, who you want to hold on to, who could be potential trade bait down the line, and all that stuff. But moving on, uh, Ramon Laureano to the Phillies is something that I've been saying for months now, and it just makes a lot of sense because uh, the Phillies need to get better on defense, and uh, they don't have a ton of guys in the farm system to make like huge upgrades. So Ramon is a good upgrade for the Phillies, and he's not going to cost like all of your top prospects. So it makes sense. He's not going to be, you know, a Juan Soto impact, but they also can't afford Juan Soto. Uh, financially, they probably could. They, they'd figure something out. That, but that would be... <laughs> I was just like, well, that'd be a wonderful outfield with uh, Bryce Harper and Juan Soto. That is the Nationals outfield of 2018. <laughs> uh, we didn't know who Juan Soto was yet. Anyways, um, so yeah, I think that that could be a trade that happens. Also, Ben Kaspik of Locked on Giants, as I was recording, was like, hey, do you guys think, do you think that uh, they're going to trade Ramon Laureano? So, hey, maybe the Giants want him too. Because uh, they're also really bad at defense. Because they're old as heck. Uh, so yeah, Ramon Laureano, not old as heck, might be an upgrade. Uh, I also would not be surprised or shocked if, uh, the A's traded Lou Trevino for anything, uh, anything that they could get because he hasn't been, the numbers haven't been great. I have seen that, you know, maybe he's getting babipped a little bit and so, okay, sure. But he does make all the games really interesting and I don't like that. Um, and you know, I feel like with the results not being there and him not necessarily being like a huge trade value kind of guy. Uh, you know, maybe he's going to be non-tendered this offseason anyway. So get what you can for him now as opposed to nothing in just a couple of months. So that's my reasoning for uh, maybe trading Lou Trevino. Maybe somebody takes a flyer on him and then the A's get a flyer in return. Why not? Uh, I could also see the same thing being true for Stephen Piscotty, who... I'm going to say will not be with the team uh, for, for next season. He's got a team option. They're not going to pick that up. It's a $1 million team option. So if they can flip him for anything and not have to pay the remainder of his salary for this year and also that team option for next year, they're going to do it. And I think that it would be a nice send-off. I know that he's from the area and, you know, he's a cool guy to have. I, I like him. He hasn't been hitting great. Uh, he's been struggling with injuries and just production of late. But he had some hard-hit balls on Sunday, so that's good. He can still hit lefties okay maybe not as good as albert Pujols, but he can hit him okay and uh, i think that it would be a nice send off for the a's you know they got him because his mom was ill he got to be closer to her for her last days and then you know this could be he could be nearing the end of his career i don't know i honestly do not know and uh, it'd be cool if they gave him a send off we're like hey go go compete for like a world series or go, go to the playoffs i think that that would be kind of fun so uh a weird 
full circle kind of thing for Steven Biscotti. But the main trades that are going to be intriguing here would be the one for Frankie Montas, assuming that he's healthy. Uh, Sean Murphy, if he gets moved, if they're getting the right kinds of returns. And then Ramon Laureano. Those are the three guys that are going to bring, be bringing back like legitimate prospects uh, that could actually have an impact on the A's future. So those are the trades that we're going to be keeping an eye out for. And uh, a little bit later in this week, I'll be going up with some potential trade ideas, uh, going over some teams that I think might be interested. So stay tuned for that. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast for that. But coming up on today's show, we're doing win of the week. <laughs> but first... Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as them with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as the setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind and you gotta love that you, you find a special someone they're one of a kind you give them a one of a kind piece of jewelry to celebrate them and your love for one another you gotta do that through bluenow.com and the way that you can do that is by going to bluenow.com because they will make your moment sparkle going on right now is the blue nile anniversary sale save up to 40 percent on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25 percent on engagement ring settings plus Every order is insured, it ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that will not give away what's inside. So shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Welcome back to the Locked on Ace podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked on Ace on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to our Twitter community on Twitter. It's a good time. I do whatever you say. So there's a good time. But it's time for everybody's favorite game show. That's right. Win of the week <laughs> is back. Still don't have an audio for that. Doing it on demand as I see fit. Uh, this is where I pick one A's game of the week that uh, they're going to win. And it was a lot funner when they were losing most of the games. And now they're like, ah, they're winning like half of them. But, you know, I think that uh, win of the week, this segment right here, really spurned them and made them roughly a 500 team. So you're welcome. I'm going to keep doing this so far. The bit is, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, it didn't start as a bit, but I'm 0 for 2 so far. I'm not great at this. They've won the two games in each series that I did not pick. Um They've won two out of three in those series, though, so that's fun. But uh, the one game that they have lost is the one that I said was the win of the week. That's where we are right now. You're caught up. Week three, win of the week. Let's get into it. Monday's game against the Houston Astros is being started by Adam Aller. So it's not going to be that one. That was really mean. I'm sorry, Adam Aller, but I, I really like him. And I think that he could be a, a nice piece for the A's. Uh, I don't know if he's going to develop into Chris Bassett like I was saying he might during the offseason. But uh, I think that he's a solid pitcher. I think that he has the tools to be a solid pitcher at the major league level. The reason that I made the joke a second ago is because he's not there yet. And this is the Houston friggin' Astros, and I'm terrified of them. Uh, they have scarred me for life. And so... I don't think that they're going to win on Monday. So Tuesday, the A's have Frankie Montas in what could very well be his final start for the team going against uh, TBD. 
And that means that to be determined, I'm not going to make any jokes there. I'm just going to assume that uh, it's Justin Verlander. So Frankie Montas against Justin Verlander. I don't know where the Astros are in their rotation and, you know, rest days and all that stuff. So I'm just assuming Justin Verlander or some other really good pitch. Fromber Valdez. I don't know. Somebody really good. It's not Jake Odorizzi. He's starting on Monday. And that would be the guy that you'd want to start against. And uh, it's not him. So, oh, well, uh, I like I like Frankie. I think that he pitches well in this game, but maybe he goes five or six innings. I, I don't know if he's going to have a long leash because they do, one, want to trade him, and two, show that he's very, very healthy. He went three innings in the last start. They're trying to build up that arm strength and kind of have it be a showcase. So the, the shorter he goes while proving that he's healthy, the better return package you might get. So I don't think that, I mean, he could go a complete game, but I'm not betting on that. So... I think he goes like five or six. And with that being the case, as I mentioned, uh, the A's right before the break took two out of three from the Houston Astros. And uh, they are petty jerks. And uh, I really feel like they're going to take that as a slight against them and the city of Houston and really try to take it to the uh, to the A's bullpen. So uh, I don't think that they're going to... I don't think that the A's bullpen is going to have a fun series, honestly. Uh, I, I like the A's bullpen. I don't know that they're going to get the job done against the Houston Astros overall. But on Wednesday, Wednesday's game, we got Cole Irvin starting. And this has to be the win of the week. Huh. Um, Cole Irvin has a 276 ERA in his last seven starts, a 278 ERA in his last 15. And he's got a 308 ERA on the season. Best among A starters. He has been just super consistent this entire season. And uh, in his three starts against the Astros, he has given up four runs in total in 17 and two-thirds innings. He's been going roughly six innings. He's been giving up a run or two runs. That's the kind of track record you want when you're picking a win of the week. Cole Irvin is my guy. I mean, in general, but also in this week for win of the week. And a fun little tidbit for you guys here. In each of his three starts against the Houston Astros this season, each start has been better than the one before it. So for that trend to continue on Wednesday, he's going to have to beat six innings, three hits allowed, one earned run allowed, one walk, four strikeouts. He's going to have to beat that line. And uh, if he's going to beat that line, I'm going to go ahead and take the A's on Wednesday. So that is my win of the week. Cole Irvin and Wednesday afternoon are the win of the week. As you heard here first on Locked on A's, as always, if the A's get swept in the first series, uh, I will revisit win of the week later in the week for the weekend series, this time against the, the Chicago White Sox, who have been okay. They've been very underwhelming apparently this season, but also they're like two games out of first place. So I really wish the A's played in the Central because they'd still be in it. <laughs> All right, but uh, coming up on the show, we're talking about Brett Harris and his amazing, fantastic, superlative play down in Midland. But first, BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, combat sports, golf, and eSports. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they've got you covered anywhere you need. They've got you. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today because Bet Online is where the game starts. 
Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. I haven't plugged that enough. Uh, video is coming back soon. I need a background. <laughs> but yeah, leave us a five-star review. I've seen that some of you guys have uh, very much appreciated, uh, you know, people still listening to this podcast. I was gone for a while and you guys are still here. I thoroughly appreciate that. Thank you guys so much. But uh, finally today, let's talk about the catch that Brett Harris made in Midland on Saturday night. First, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of background. Brett Harris might not be a name that you know or are excited about, but you're about to be. And then I'm going to tell you to watch the video and I'm going to link to the video. And then you're going to be, wow, this guy's amazing. He's my favorite player of all time. So Brett Harris is the A's number 23 prospect on the MLB pipeline list. Uh, and that might change here in a couple of weeks once they re-rank everybody after the draft, but he's the A's number 23 prospect as we're recording, and he was taken in the seventh round of last year's draft. He's 24, plays third base, and bats righty. Harris started the year in Lansing, but after hitting 304 with a 415 on base through 29 games, he got the push up the ladder to double A, and you know, he's still been pretty good. Uh, with the Rockhounds, Harris is batting 260 with a 356 on base and a 19.3% strikeout rate. It's only gone up like 2% in double A. And I mean, they used to say, I don't know if it's still true because of the pandemic and, you know, everything got wonky. And so player development is weird now. But they used to say that the the uh, the, the leap from high A to double A was almost as hard for players as it was to go from triple A to the majors. It's like that kind of a learning experience. And you see these numbers, that's not, he, he's succeeding at that first initial tough jump so I like that but on Saturday night it was the glove that did the talking for Harris the first play was in the fifth inning this is a two play thing he made two plays and after he made the first play you're like wow how did he actually stay in the game for the second one we'll get into it but the first play fifth inning it's a pop fly in foul territory it's over towards the the visitors dugout uh the as the ball is coming down he keeps drifting closer and closer to that dugout railing then in the span of about a second the ball just falls out of the air he catches it and goes feet overhead over the fence over the railing lands in the visitors dugout nobody's trying to protect him because it's the visitor side and uh, he falls all the way to the floor. It's probably like a five, six foot drop, just doing a cartwheel over. And it looked like it kind of hurt. So, uh, you know, hey, he did that. Um, so that was that was the first play. He just, you've seen plays like this a bunch, but this is the minor leagues. It Stakes are a little bit lower. And I thought that this was an amazing play. It was a, a very rough tumble. And he stayed in the game after that. You love to see that. Uh, and because he stayed in the game, in the ninth inning, he ranged all the way behind third. He was up against, he's like a foot away from the line, and he's also just a couple of steps back from the outfield grass. He is deep at third base when he catches this ball. Uh, it's a line drive, or it's a smoked ball. It wasn't a line drive. He didn't catch it on the fly because he had to throw it across the diamond to first base to nab the runner there. And uh, nice arm. What range? Holy crap. What a glove. Uh, Brett Harris is lots of fun to watch play baseball. And uh, now I know this. This is great. So I will link to both of these highlights. It's one tweet from the Midland Rockhounds uh, in the show notes over here. It's just going to be a link to the tweet that I sent, but you know, whatever, it doesn't matter. And I know that you might be thinking, eh, you know, it's a minor league play, you know, whatever. I've seen good baseball highlights before. These ones are different. They, these ones felt like 
I don't want to put the the moniker on it because I don't want to like raise expectations too high because that's just unfair. But they reminded me of Matt Chapman a little bit. Just the way that he was going after balls reminded me of Matt Chapman. So if you want to have some nostalgia for Matt Chapman, feel free to check out these highlights of Brett Harris playing third base in Midland. But uh, that's all that I got for you guys today. On tomorrow's show, probably be talking about these trades. I'm going to be talking about uh, who I think they could be going to, some guys that I would have on my eyes on in each of these systems. Uh, later in the week, I'm going to be talking about three minor leaguers that you should know. I already did one kind of today in Brett Harris. Uh, people don't talk about him a lot. You should probably start talking about him now because that defense is good. His bat's doing fine. I like him a lot. Let's see what he can do. Uh, but I got three other guys on my list that I'm going to be talking about later this week. And depending on how this Astro series go, maybe we'll be doing win of the week. Huh, part two. Uh, because the A's got swept. So, hey, we'll see how the week treats us. And maybe there'll be an A's trade to be talking about later this week. Or, and maybe I should only do four and then wait for the weekend just in case the A's make another trade over the weekend. And so then I have five. It doesn't matter. I'm doing all the episodes. We'll be talking about all the trades. We're going to be talking about speculation about the trades. This is the time to listen to Locked on A's. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on social media at Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter. If you guys have any questions or you have trade proposals that you want to float my way, say yay or nay. Twitter community. Locked on A's. That's how you do it. Uh, but thank you guys so much for listening today and making Locked on A's your first listen of the day. Now make your second listen the Locked on MLB podcast because MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan, I, I usually call him Sully. They're not telling me to right now. Uh, but he brings his humor, his passion, and unique perspective on every team and hatred of the ghost runner and extra innings and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked on MLB. You can find it on the Odyssey app. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it wherever you get podcasts. Go give Sully a follow. But uh, that's all that I got for you guys today. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, A's fans. And I will talk at you tomorrow.